What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the C-String Podcast. Uh, this is episode number 15 today, and this is going to be our first episode in our NHL segment. Uh, to be more specific, it's going to be a Pittsburgh Penguins segment. Um, I'm dabbling in the NFL a little bit. Um, stopped that for a while. Had a lot of stuff going on. Had some other episodes to make, even. Classic Rock Talk is going to be the primary source of listening on this on this podcast. Um, it is... It's called the C String Podcast for a reason. I like we're it's a mu- more music based, but we kind of endeavor into some of these side branches. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be one of them. I'm going to update you guys through the, their season as many times as I can. Um, I'm not going to be consistent with it because I can't promise consistency when I'm in college. So there's lots of lots of homework assignments all the time, uh, lots of work to do, uh, more stuff on top of that. So you know how it is. Um, but I thought I'd start, I did the preseason thing for the Penguins, um, and now we are four games through their season so far. Um, one of the teams that's played, not one of the teams that's played the most games, uh, but not one of the teams that's played the least amount of games either. Um, I'll talk a little bit about some other teams through this segment too, but mostly I'm going to recap their four games, uh, go over some of the points leaders right that, uh, currently after four games, and then some goalie stats after the first four games. And uh, maybe go over maybe the Metropolitan Division um, as a whole. But other than that, that's going to be just about it. So for the Penguins, the season kicked off Thursday, October 13th against the Coyotes. It was at home, and it was a 6-2 win. Um, In the first period, um, the Pens, uh, Crosby scored first. It's the first time he's scored first in his 16-year Pittsburgh Penguins career. Um, Or is it 18 years now? It's 18 years, I think. 16 is the amount of times they've played, been to the playoffs consecutively, I think. Um, but it's an 18-year career, and it's the first time he's ever scored first. He's ever got the opening goal. Uh, it was courtesy of Gensel Matang. It only took a minute and 22 seconds. We were all over the Coyotes in this first period. Zucker got one uh, a few minutes later to make it 2-0, and then Gensel got one just after the five-minute mark to make it 3-0 on a power play goal. Rust and Crosby with the assist on that one. Uh, Heinen getting his first assist on the Zucker goal, and Petri with his first assist in a Penguins uniform uh, on the Zucker goal. Uh, then in the second period, the Coyotes definitely made this more of an interesting game. Richie scored late in the period uh, on a power play goal to make it 1-3, to and the Coyotes kind of throughout all the second period kind of had more control, I would say, than they did overall in the first. Um, There's a lot of kind of weird scrumming going on in this game, but uh, the Pens would go up 4-1 to one shortly thereafter, courtesy of Malkin on the power play. So he got his first goal of the season, courtesy of Crosby and Latang on the assist, with just under a minute to go in the period. And that really, really helped the Penguins close out this game. I think the Coyotes were starting to get some momentum, and that really deflated their, their balloon there. Uh, then the third period comes around. The Coyotes get one five minutes in, courtesy of Richie on the power play. Goss fair with and Moser... Um, that they hit, hooked up twice uh, on both power plays is when Coyotes got their goals. And both times, Richie scored. And both times, Gossis, Baron Moser got their assists. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. But then, uh, after that, late in the period, um, even though they got that goal, I really don't think the Coyotes ever had control in this third period. And then Rust would score with 15 minutes on the uh, 15 minutes into the period to make it 5-2. And Kapanen would get one at the very end to make it 6-2 pens. 
overall um, exactly what you needed to see, exactly what you should have seen uh, out of the Penguins in this opening game. Coyotes aren't a good, a good hockey team. They will likely not ever be that great of a hockey team, unfortunately, just because of where they are. Um, that's it's it's unfortunate, but some teams have it like that, and I think the Coyotes are kind of a team like that. And I would love to see them get better, but as of now, they are one of these teams where every every other team is going into the facing them, expecting a win. Um, so a little bit unfortunate for them, but exactly how you needed the season to start uh, as a as a Penguin. Um, let's get into some stats here really quick. The Penguins had 53 shots on goal, very very high t- uh, total there. Um, a faceoff percentage of 58.5%. They were 2-for-6 on the power play. 12 penalty minutes is a little bit high, but the Coyotes also had 14 penalty minutes. Um, hits, there was 30. 6 giveaways to 4 takeaways. Now, if you're a Penguins fan, you'll know, uh, towards the end of last year, and even leaking into the playoffs, there was lots of problems with giving the puck away. Um, so to only see 6 giveaways, not bad. Not, not bad. Um, that's a that's actually a pretty okay amount. That's that's above average. I would I would like to say, uh, takeaways only four, not quite amazing. Um, but the big thing is keeping the puck, not giving it giving it to your opponent. That's the main main deal here. Uh, the Coyotes only had twenty eight shots on goal. Uh, it was Jari and Net today. He stopped twenty six of them. Um, the only time they scored was on the power play. They were two for five. Um, so the Penguins penalty kill off to an okay start. Uh, not great. Uh, but penalty minutes for Coyotes, as I mentioned, was 14. They had 35 hits uh, more than the Penguins. They had five giveaways and nine takeaways. They did a little bit better there. Um, I'm not entirely not entirely sure how giveaways... I don't think giveaways and takeaways are directly related to each other. Like, if the Penguins give the puck away, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a takeaway for the Coyotes. That's why the numbers are a little bit uh, mixed up there. Um... But that's pretty good stat for the Coyotes. Love to see that for if you're a Coyotes fan. But overall, this game was fully in control of the Penguins. And as I mentioned, exactly how you want to start the season. Next, move on rather quickly here. Uh, just two days later, Saturday, October 15th, in Game 2. It's against the Lightning at home as well. So two home, home games to open the season. And in the first period, the Bolts would get off to the fast start. Uh, they got the penalty there early on. And Stamkos on the power play would score 4 minutes and 10 seconds into the game, courtesy of Hedman and Kucherov. Um, but later in the period, I, I would say the Bolts definitely controlled the first half of the first period, but then the Penguins kind of crept back into it in the second half of the first period, and they would back that up with a goal of their own, courtesy of Crosby at the exactly the 17-minute mark uh, with Gensel and Dumoulin on the assists, Dumoulin getting his first point of the season. Then in the second period, um, not much happened, uh, I would say, play-wise. This was a very physical game um, for kind of no reason. I, I don't know. It was, it was really weird. Um, lots of beating and banging and some confusing calls by the refs and confusion kind of everywhere. Um, uh, nobody got hurt in this game, I don't think. Um, it was just kind of a... They tried to be rough and physical with each other, but they were kind of bad at it. I don't know to start this. I guess some early season bad at being physical blues, but whatever. Um, it didn't matter though to the Pens. Four minutes, eleven seconds in, Heinen would get one. Heinen, this was an amazing play. You need to see the highlight on this one. He took the puck in the offensive zone, let dove at it with his stick, got back up on his knees, did a little dangle, passed it to, tried to pass it to 
I think it was Zucker that was next to him. It did. I, I think it, and then it ended up getting right back to his stick, and he's on the he's on the uh, he's on the right side of the net, and it's below the circle. Like this is a very tight angle shot, and he just uh, wrists it above the shoulder um, of the netminder, which would have been. Um, I don't think it was Vasilevsky in this game. It was somebody else. It was um, Brian Elliott. That's who it was. Brian Elliott was uh, in the net for the Lightning this game. And, uh, you know, not to be harsh, but definitely not Vasilevsky level. That's for sure. I'll just say that. Not level of Vasilevsky's on. He's superhuman. Um, but uh, just over his uh, left shoulder there, beautiful shot by Heinen. And that would be it for all of that second period. Into the third, uh, the Penguins get off to a quick start via Gensel. Gensel got the uh, goal at 2 minutes 28 seconds via Latang and Crosby. And then Carter would get one at 3 minutes and 50 seconds, courtesy of Kapanen and Pierre-Olivier Joseph, who would get his first uh, point of the season. Then, uh, later in the period... You know, bolts are getting desperate, and then Brian Rust ends up uh, going on a break, uh, getting one on the offensive side after, I think it was a little breakaway, um, or no, it was a tip-in, this was the tip-in, um, this was the tip-in at the, at the end of the, at the other end of the ice when there was a big pile in front of the goalkeeper, and he just kind of poked it in at the end. Um, but yeah, and then he, I think he did it like a, he like screamed over the top of everybody. It was pretty cool. Um, that might've been in the Coyotes game where he screamed over the top of everybody, but it, this was also, he had a couple of tip-ins in both games. Next, uh, Braden Point would come back on the other, on the, to the other end, not too long after that, uh, after that, uh, shot by Rust and he would score on the break, uh, via Kucherov and Stamkos to make it two to five. And shortly after that, the Bolts would empty the net, and that would lead to Raquel scoring an empty netter for his first point of the season at 15:55, and that would round out the game. So another 6-2 victory. This one, again, a lot like the Coyotes one. Penguins were kind of just in control this whole game. Uh, they had 45 shots compared to just 36 for the Bolts. They had a face-off percentage of 61.7 uh, compared to the Bolts' 38.3. Their power play went 2 for 4 whereas the Bolts went 1-for-4. Penalty minutes, only 8 for each side. The big thing again, 13, give, uh, 13 giveaways, boy, a lot more than the Coyote game, but also 13 takeaways, so they took it back, at least when they gave it away. Again, you'd love to see that giveaway number lowered. The Bolts only had 11, so still a lot, uh, but they only had 4 takeaways, so they didn't, they didn't match their totals nearly as well as the Penguins did. Um, again, Jari was in the net. Again, amazing game, stopped 34-36, Really, really good in that. Uh, killed off the penalties as well as he could. You know, um, four power plays is about... I would I would be happy with that. You know, if our goalies were seeing three or four power plays every game, I would be fine with that. Like, that's a perfectly normal amount of penalty minutes. It's not too many. Um, and the penalty kill, so far, it's been iffy. Uh, it went two for four in the previous game, and now it went one for four against the Bolts, so, or two for five in the previous game and one for four against the Bolts, so a little bit shaky to start the year, but uh, everything's going to be a little bit shaky, um, but then it would get really shaky against the Canadians. Uh, two days later, Monday, October 17th, the Penguins would have to go to Montreal 
and play the Canadians. And this was a tough one. Um, in the first period, it was a lot of end-to-end -end stuff, um, a lot of high energy um, from the Canadians, really. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. You know, they got this young lineup, and they're a little bit more scary this year, I'd say, than they were last year. It's, you know, they're developing. Uh, uh, one year of experience for those young guys is always good. And they've got some new guys in there. I know Slavkovsky got his first point, I think, uh, yesterday. Um, so good for him. But they got more young, guy, young guys in there, too. Uh, Ma, uh, Monahan's good. Suzuki's good. Uh, Doc is good. So they've got Caulfield really good. Cole Caulfield. So they got a lot of good guys there, good young guys. And I think this game really showed the weaknesses of the Penguins. Well, let's get to it. Let's, let's, let, me, let me tell you about what happened. So the first period, there was no goals in the first period. But the tone was set, um, and in the second period, though, the Pens would score first, I think, it, I would say, against the run of play. Um, Malkin gets one at 3 minutes and 52 seconds, courtesy of uh, Marcus Pedersen and Brian Rust. And then just about four minutes later, he would get his second one, uh, courtesy of Rust and Joseph. So a couple of assists for Rust, a couple of goals for Malkin. Uh, I love seeing Big Gino play well. He's my... He's my, he and Heinen are my favorite dudes on the team to see him play. I always want them to go out there and score five points a game. I know it's unrealistic, but man, if Malkin and Heinen can be one, two in the points by the end of the year, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is I love about him. Um, Heinen, I know it's, it's, it's kind of like, he's this young, he's, he's a little bit younger compared to everybody else on this old ass team. Um, he got traded from the Bruins, you know, he's kind of playing that fourth, third, fourth line role and. But he performs every time he goes out there. He plays with heart. He plays really, really good hockey, man. That play against the Lightning should tell you all you need to know. He makes plays happen. He makes things happen on, on both sides, on offense and defense. I really like what I see from Heinen. Um, but that's a little bit of a side note. I love seeing Malkin and Heinen do well, and he gets a double right here, and I was really hoping for the hat trick this game. Um, but as, we, as you will find out, that didn't really come to pass because the second period would end, would end just like that, 2-0. And the third period would come along, and the Habs would strike first, courtesy of Suzuki, with Goal and Hoffman getting getting the assists. That was just one minute in. And then the Penguins kind of just tried to play on the defensive for the rest of the night, and mixed results. And honestly, it really didn't end up working that well. Penalties given away by Jeff Petrie, the man that got traded from the Canadians to to Pittsburgh, or to Pittsburgh is had a couple of bad penalties there, and uh, that really, really fucked us up in the end. Uh, but uh, Caulfield would score one, score one really late on and make it 2-2, uh, courtesy of Druin and Goal. And going into overtime, you had this feeling that maybe maybe Pittsburgh was a little tired from, from, the, from the trip to, to Canada and those old guys weren't keeping up so well with the younger guys. And soon enough into the, into the overtime, six-minute overtime period in uh, – We'd given up a penalty. It was Jeff Petrie again. Power play in overtime, it's basically a death sentence. You're not getting out of that. And sure enough, they didn't about a minute into the power play, maybe. Uh, Doc scores, courtesy of Monahan and Suzuki. Uh, it was a really nice shot. Really nice shots from all of them in this game. Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc. Really, really nice uh, trio of shots there. And they ended up pulling this one out over the Penguins. Um, the Penguins just didn't have enough of the puck in this game. That's what I kind of put it down to, and that's down to a lot of things. Uh, one thing is a little bit lower face-off percentage at just 51.9. Still better, still uh, above the Canadians, but just a little bit lower than the previous two games. 
Um, they only had three power plays. Uh, they went 0 for 3 on them too. So power play really went went out uh, really went out with the dud on this one. Uh, only 17 hits. This this was not a super physical game. Uh, 19 giveaways is way too many compared to only two takeaways. That is terrible, terrible, terrible stat. You don't want to see that. That's so awful, and that's a lot of what was happening at the end of last season, and it crept its ugly head back up in here too, and these fucking two-goal leads crept their heads back into the Penguins' into the Penguins' life as well because they know all about blowing two-goal leads. did it three times last year against the Rangers in the playoffs. So really, really disappointing game here. Um, credit to the Habs. They they possessed this game. They used that energy. They were at, they used that home ice. They took way more shots on uh, Casey DeSmith, who was the goaltender for this one, not uh, Tristan Jari. And honestly, Casey DeSmith deserved a lot more from this game. He played a great game in net. Uh, those two late ones at the end, that Caulfield one, really couldn't have done much of anything. The only way he could have gotten to that puck was if he threw his right arm out there and a stick somehow, like magically, like banged into it and just nicked it enough to get it away from the goal they couldn't really done anything about that and then obviously the overtime he's going to be if the overtime power play goal you a four on three is a death sentence and it's going to be nearly impossible for a goalie to help your team out there um so he really really deserved more from this one really felt bad for him um but you know what it's 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 on the team and this was an ugly one and this is one they'll remember too mike sullivan uh, it said something uh, before the next game, not after this game, but like when they got back to Pittsburgh and before the next game, he said something about, well, we played a terrible game here today, but this is probably a game I'm going to remember the whole season. I can't replicate, we can't replicate our performance that we had today and against the Canadians. And no, no, I agree. You cannot replicate that. It was awful. And, you know, the Malkin goals Malkin was being Malkin, you know, <laughs> Rust, and he, he just kind of slapped one in uh, from from the high circle on the right side, just kind of slapped it around the goalie on the first one, and then the second one, he just crashed the net uh, on a Rust shot, uh, kind of, it wasn't really a shot, it was more of a pass to the middle, and there was a flurry in front of the net, and then Malkin just took advantage of that, it was just Malkin being Malkin, and you can't rely on your superstars all the time, um, and that was kind of the problem in this game, there was nothing um, especially from any, I can't really pick out a line that was worse than the other. All the lines were really just kind of dull today. Um, so really, really needed a bounce back. And unfortunately, fortunately for the Penguins, they'd have a two days break, Tuesday and Wednesday, until their Thursday game, which was just yesterday, Thursday, October 20th, uh, against the Kings at home. So they're at home again, back from Canada. And this game would turn out a lot better for the Penguins. Uh, and, you know, maybe not maybe not how the game, Mike Sullivan would have liked the game to unfold, but the result, a 6-1 win, definitely, definitely looks good at the end of the day. Uh, the, the two teams got out there, and the Kings put the pressure on the Penguins early. They got lots of shots in, lots of shots in really quickly. But it didn't matter. Um, they weren't going in. Jari was being amazing back there in net. And it, it, they just it couldn't get it around him. And uh, four minutes into the game, uh, Jan Ruta gets his first goal. And I believe his first point. Would that be his first point? I'm not quite sure if he got an assist before that. Um, but that would be his first point. I, I know it's his first goal uh, in a Penguins uniform, courtesy of Malkin and Zucker. 
um, against the run of play, as I said, um, it was a really it was a it was a sh- shot from the blue line. You know, it got through some bodies, and it got by Peterson. And as you will come to find out, Peterson did not have a good game today. Um, uh, so you know, the first period keeps going on. Uh, it's still a Kings. It's still a Kings hockey game. Like. They're still kind of controlling the pace. They have getting more shots. They still have more shots than the, than the uh, than the Penguins by this point. Uh, but 14 minutes in, 14 minutes and 35 seconds, I should say, uh, in Gensel gets another one. Uh, the Penguins get it down on the offensive end. Crosby uh, wheels it around and you know uh, pass it off the back wall, I believe, or gets it to the Latang somehow off that wall, and Latang wraps it around the goalkeeper. Uh, Peterson uh, puts it in front, puts it on the blue, puts it on the blue paint right in front of the right in front of the net, and Gensel tucks it away. So really beautiful goal there. And then a few minutes after that, another shot uh, on Peterson would get away from him. He kind of didn't know where it was. And then Raquel, uh, they were they were saying on the broadcast how a contortionist would be uh, impressed with what Raquel did to get that puck into the net. And I don't know how he got it into the net from that angle because the puck was puck was practically on the on the red line there and he somehow managed to hit that hit it in with his stick backwards backhanded no look it was the craziest thing i've craziest angle i've ever seen uh, but raquel love to see raquel get a point after being traded from anaheim i really 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 want to see a lot from raquel this year you know can he be a point per game player with crosby and gensel that's his. That's got to be his goal. That has to be his goal. You know, he's never been a point per game per, uh, player in his career, even back in like 2016 with the Anaheim Ducks. You know, in those good years that he had there, he was never a point per game player. I remember he. I think his highest total was maybe somewhere around 60. Um, I, and he's not really reached 60. Not even gotten that close since. But you know, can he break out of that shell and become a point per game player against? Uh, or I should say with that first line, it's really tough. And when you have Rust that's also trying to break into that first line, I don't know. Rust works really well with Malkin. That, that, that chemistry seems to work very fine. And uh, I believe Zucker right now is also on that second line. So that line seems to be doing fine as of right now. But if Raquel is not performing and Rust is, maybe they switch it up. I'm sure Mike Sullivan will switch up the lineup a whole ton this year. We'll see how that comes. But I'd love to see Raquel getting a goal. So after the first period, it was shots like 15 to 8 for the Kings, and the Penguins were winning 3-0. So they pulled Peterson from the game. The Kings did. Um, I don't know. It, a quick, it, it was on short days rest, and they were trying to rest quick. That's what, And when you try and, when a goalie's maybe not ready to participate in a game or has to come in halfway, maybe not at peak performance. And um, he, I, th- I would say overall he was definitely better than Peterson. Um, but they did they did let one in early, uh, courtesy of uh, Jeff Petrie. He would get a power play goal at 4:13 with the assist from Heinen. Um, so a couple of defensemen getting goals today. Um, but that that was another another good one to see. And then that would end that second period would end like that. I would say a more balanced period overall uh, for the Penguins. But still, I think the Kings got more shots off in this one than the Penguins did. Uh, and then going into the third period. Uh, three minutes in, the Pens would score again, courtesy, uh, courtesy of Carter, with Kapanen and Petrie getting the assists. And then, this is when this is when it really just 
all de all deflated after this when Paling steals the puck uh, in the offensive zone. The Kings are trying to break out. They're on a power play. They're trying to get some momentum going to the offense. Paling's lurking in the offense. He steals the pass, the cross ice pass. He's got a, he's right open in front of the net, and he kind of does this like half like like he winds up like he's ready to go for the slap shot. Starts going for it and then decides, wait, uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't do this. And then he slows down and then he's like, well, f fuck it, I'm already halfway through, so I'm gonna. So then he keeps going. So it's this like half-assed, not fast or strong, good slap shot at all, and it goes off. Quick puts up his. Luckily, it's that right side, so it's it's not the glove side that the puck was going at. Puts up his right pad and it glances right off the inside of the right pad and goes into the net uh absolutely insane i i am a big proponent of non-glove side shots because there that is this the only thing they got over there is this big old blocker pad thing which it is it probably uh, it probably covers a bigger area i'm not actually sure but it, the point is, it's not a glove. And I I don't know. I feel like if you're able to shoot it uh, past that blocker, I feel like you have more of a chance. I don't know. And I felt like I felt validated, basically, when that puck skipped off the blocker and went into the back of the net behind quick. Um, but yeah, that was that was six goals. That was the sixth goal for the Penguins. Uh, obviously unassisted. Uh, it was Paling Zone. Uh, the Kings would get one very late in the game. The Penguins got really, really sloppy with their penalties in this game. You know, very disappointing in this third period. I was really hoping Jari could get the shutout, but God, they would not stop committing fouls. I got so fucking annoyed, and eventually you're going to give one up. You know, your goalkeeper can only save you so many fucking times, and couldn't save him after, the like, the eighth time of trying or some shit. Um, but Grunstrom got one on the power play, courtesy of Clark and Daughtry. Uh The Kings deserve more from this, from this game, I would say. I mean... Definitely did not deserve to be thumped 6-1. to one. That felt very harsh. Um, some of them would argue they deserved to win. I don't know about that. Um, the shots on goal were 34-40 in favor of the Kings. Um, so they did have more shots. I'd say they probably had a little bit more possession. But in the second period and the third period, it kind of started to... Or the end of the second period and, this, and then the whole third period, it kind of started to sway towards the pens. Um, aside from those penalties. Uh, the face-off percentage was 58.2. For the Pens compared to 41.8 for the Kings. The power play for the Pens was 1 for 3. Power play for the Kings was 1 for 6. So a better day for the penalty kills. Obviously with so many penalties there at the end. They're going to get you eventually. Um, especially back to back. And really upset that that, that goal went in. Because would have loved a Jari shutout here. Um, as I said 14 penalty minutes for the Penguins. Too, way too many. Um, just... Maybe not too many, but they were just all in a row, all in a flurry at the end of the game. God dang, that was annoying. Um, eight penalty minutes for the Kings. There was 35 uh, hits for the Penguins, 28 for the Kings. And again, big stat here. It's I don't know. I, it's, I feel like this is one of the most important stats, the most underrated stats, I guess. Um, only seven giveaways for the Penguins. Love that compared to 15 takeaways. They, they flipped the script compared to that Montreal game that was absolutely horrible in the giveaway-to-takeaway ratio. They flipped that on its head. Beautiful, beautiful game, I think, from the Pens today. They, they did a lot of lot better forechecking. Um, they were a lot more active forechecking. It felt like they weren't even trying to play defense or trying to take a puck away against the, 
uh, the Habs, whereas against the Kings, they did a lot better of that. Uh, the Kings with 12 giveaways and only 7 takeaways. So, Kings fans, you'd like to see an improvement on that. Um, but that's it. After four games, the Penguins have three convincing wins and one disappointing overtime loss, which was the most Penguins way to lose a fucking game I could ever think of. So after four games, we have some points leaders for the Penguins, and obviously they're going to be Crosby, it's going to be Rust, Malkin, and Gensel. Uh, maybe Rust might be a surprise, or maybe, you know, it might be surprising to see Raquel not in here. Um, I wouldn't say it's surprising. I'd say his season so far has started a little bit underwhelming, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's start with the leaders. So Crosby has two goals and five assists after four games. Um, after the first two games, he had two goals and four assists after just the first two games. He was at six points after the first two, didn't score against the, the Habs, and then got one assist against the Kings. Honestly, that game against the Kings was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, the the third line defenseman, fourth line guys doing a lot of the work, which I love to see that. Love, love, love to see that. I was only I was, basically the only thing I didn't see on this that I would have liked to see is a Heinen goal, but he did get an assist uh, for that Petri goal in the second. Um, but yeah, Ruta got a shot, got a goal. Petri got a goal. P- Paling got his first goal in a Penguins uniform. Love to see that was that's the first goal the fourth line scored this year. Uh, so that, I, as I said, just love to see that, um, and I hope I hope these third and fourth lines keep keep continuing to perform, and uh, we'll get into a little bit more about what I think about the team in just a little bit. Let me get over, let me get through this section really quick. Uh, Rust, Malkin, and Gensel are all at five points. Uh, Rust has two goals and three assists, whereas Malkin and Gensel have three goals and two assists. Um, and it's also important to note I think Latang and Petri, two defensemen. Uh, have four points after four games. Uh, Latang has four assists, and Petri has one goal and three assists. So getting getting that work in from the defenseman, uh, contr- contributing on the offensive side of the uh, of the ice, which is really nice to see. Um, so overall, I'm going to talk about the team uh, just a little bit here. Uh, everything aside from goalies, I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, I I am liking what I'm seeing from everybody so far. Uh, except for, I would say, Ricard Raquel. Um, he's been a little bit disappointing, and fourth lines are tough to tough to uh, grade, I would say, because you know they're not getting that much time out there on the ice, like three, four minutes a period. So that's a little bit harder for me to, to grade. Um, obviously, Paling had the goal here. I think he's been playing well. They, I, I, when I, one thing I do notice, I, w- I will say, when that fourth line gets out on the ice, they are fast. They are very fast. They're very energetic. They like to forecheck. They like to go to the puck. Um, they like to be aggressive. I'm. I'm. I love what I, I. I. It's noticeable. I see Carter and Heinen, and and them go to the bench, and I see Paling and McGinn and uh, Archibald jump off, jump off the bench and start skating as hard as I can. They are definitely working for their spots and. You know, I guess they deserved it after camp. You know, the coaches think they deserve it, and I think so far from what I've seen, they've looked really good. And from what I've, you know, it's it's hard. As I said, it's hard to judge the fourth line. They don't get a lot of time. But as I said, from what I've seen, I really like the energy. That's that's one thing I can say. Love the ener- loving the energy the fourth line is bringing to the team. But as I did mention, uh, Ricard Raquel, a little bit disappointing. He has. One goal and one assist, I believe, after four games. Let me make sure that I'm correct here. 
Yes, uh, one goal and one assist. So, mm, I don't know. Oh no, two goals. Two goals, no assists. Because he has an empty had an empty netter in that uh, game against Coyotes, I believe, and then he had the one against the Kings. Um, so, I don't know. You got Crosby and Gensel on you with that first line. You'd think maybe, I don't know. You'd be getting some assists. They're they they make a lot of plays. I don't know. It's it's hard. We're only four games in. Maybe something will turn around. Maybe he's just starting off a little bit cold. Who knows? Um, but when you got Brian Rust playing like he is, you know, he's got five points. He's one of the points leaders for the Penguins. Maybe you swap him for a game and see how that works. I'm not really sure. You know, does Raquel drop into that second line, play well with Malkin? You know, what if they drop into that second line and then Saturday against the Blue Jackets, you know, uh, Raquel scores one and assists one with Malkin and Zucker? That what what would it look like then? You know, it's it's hard, it's hard to tell. Um, but he's kind of he's been a little bit disappointing. But my favorite player, Danton Heinen. I, I don't know. He's my favorite player this season. He's got four points in four games, and he's playing third line minutes. Um, his average time on ice, uh, I think, is one of the lowest on the on the team. Yes, I'm looking at it now. His average time on ice is for just over 14 minutes. At 14 minutes and 5 seconds, he is the last guy on the list before the three fourth-line uh, players. Um, I don't like to see that. He's listed in the in hockey reference as a center. Um, which, if you're trying to get center minutes, you're not going to get any ahead of Crosby, Malkin, or Jeff Carter. So, yeah, you're going to be stuck. But he doesn't play fourth-line center. He plays third line, and he plays left wing. So, basically, what this is coming down to is, okay, how do you like Zucker's performances so far? And, okay, because Zucker's that second-line left wing, and Danton Heinen's the third-line left wing, is, uh, the third-line left wing. That's hard to say. Third line, left wing. Um, and so, to me, you have Zucker. He's playing basically like a full mo- like a full minute more on the ice. That's his average time on ice is about 15. Heinen's is about 14. And they have the same points total. So it gets really hard. But I don't... I, and you can't, obviously, you can't give your third line people more minutes than the second line people. That doesn't make any sense. So it starts. It gets really hard to allocate minutes, but I don't see a world in which he should be the last dude on here before the bottom three. He has got to be getting more ice time than that. The two people ahead of him, I'm going to go with the three people ahead of him. The three people ahead of him are Kapanen, Zucker, and Carter. Joseph's in there too, but he's a defenseman, and we're they they count separate. They don't rotate with the offensive players. So the three people ahead of him are Kapanen, Zucker, and Carter. Those Kapanen is a third line, correct? Yes, Kapanen's third line with um with Malkin or with uh, Heinen and Carter. Okay, that's fair. They should be getting relatively the same amount of time, and they are. Carter is a third line. He's getting just under sixteen minutes. Which is fair, because he's on part of the penalty killers. 
and he's kind of he's out on the ice a lot for those penalty kills. So that's that's fair too. So I'm sitting here saying Heinen needs more minutes. And this sheet I have in front of me is saying, okay, where are you gonna where are you getting these minutes from? Where do you want these minutes to come from? And I don't I don't have an answer. <laughs> I don't have an answer. I can't. I my answer is put him in a second line over Zucker. That's my answer because Zucker is getting about 15 minutes a game, whereas his line mates Malkin he's getting Malkin's getting a lot ton of minutes, uh, but. Uh, uh, Brian Russ is getting 16 minutes. Zucker's getting 15. It's I I don't know. Do you? I, I would put Heinen in that that second line. He's so he's so creative. He gives me everything I want from a creative standpoint. He's energetic. He wins the puck. He just does everything right. Uh, aside from faceoffs, I don't know how he probably hasn't even done any faceoffs. He just does everything right. He creates plays. He's good on defense. He's he he doesn't quit on the puck on offense, as we saw with that uh, highlight against the Bolts. I really, it's hard to it's hard to make a case for him to get more minutes though. That's my problem. I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. You know, the everybody's he's plus minus is like four. It's three actually. It's three, and it's like okay, that's good. But Zucker's is five. So you, it's like. I don't. Zucker's been playing well too. It's it's so hard to find minutes for him. Um, but if I if I were coach, from what I've seen, I would be putting Heinen in. Maybe get him in a penalty kill. Get him in a power play. Get him in that first. Mm, do I get him in that first power play? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, but maybe. You know, get him, get him more minutes. Get him, get him out there at least maybe every once in a while with the first power play unit. Make sure he's always playing in the second power play. Get him out there for a penalty kill. Uh, maybe teach him a little bit of defense. Get him out there on, get him out there on the penalty kill. I don't know. I would find a way. If I were the coach, I would find a way because I've loved what I've seen from Heinen so far, and I hope he continues that uh, throughout the rest of the season. Other than that, though. Uh, I would say the big three have been great. Crosby, obviously, a great start, seven points in four games. Malkin, decent start, five points in four games. Uh, Latang, pretty good start, four points in four games. He's made a couple of eh, errors, and up until last night, he actually was not the leader in ice time for the for the defenseman. Um, that belonged to I think Petri and Dumlin were ahead of him until last night. Um, then he just overtook them on the average ice time uh, leaderboards. But he's been he's been great. Or not great, but he's been good to start the year. But Raquel, step it up. Give Heinen more minutes. And I love the big Russian. Uh, Next, last thing I'm going to talk about is the goalies. Uh, Jari, amazing start. Amazing, amazing start. Uh, He's played three games, and his goals against average is 1.67. He has a save percentage of .952. He has uh, had 104 shots against him, shots put on net against him. And he saved 99 of them. Really, really hot start to the season for Jari. And DeSmith looked really good against the Habs. It was really unfortunate that he gave up those th- that those three goals went in. He did not deserve to lose that game. Um, but that nonetheless, uh, that gave him the goals allowed average of 2.85. It's not three because it played into overtime. Goals allowed average goes off of per 60 minutes. So he allowed three goals, but that was in 63 minutes. 
So the the it's the goals allowed average is not three because it was a little bit over sixty minutes. Uh, the save percentage though point two nine two three. There was thirty nine shots against him in that um in that uh, Habs game, and he saved thirty six of them. Looked really really good all game, and it was really unfortunate there at the end. Um, really his team just kind of let him down. But that's it. That is the Penguins' start to the year. Um, I can't say enough about this team. I'm uh, from what they've shown me. I'm, I'm pretty excited for them. Um, but they've got a tough, tough stretch coming up. They have five road games in a row. They started the year with three out of four home games. Now they're getting five road games in a row, starting tomorrow uh, on Saturday, the 22nd. They play the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, at 6 p.m. Columbus is off to, I believe, a two and three start. Yes, they are two and three uh, after five games. Um, so that that'll be. I think that one will be a tough one. You know, anytime you're playing Johnny Hockey, it's going to be a little bit tough. At least he's, he's probably going to score a couple points. Um, then it gets harder after that. Two days later, Monday, the 24th of October, they play Edmonton in Canada. That's going to be a tough one. You know it. Uh, McDavid has 10 points after four games. Kill me. Next, the very next day, they so on Tuesday, they play Calgary. Calgary's been insane. They are 3 and 1. They've beaten they beat Edmonton, I believe, and they beat Colorado. I believe. I don't know who their loss is to. I'm not quite sure, but they've been off to a hot start. Um their offseason signings are looking brilliant. Um, so that's going to be a tough, tough back-to-back. And then, uh, three days later, so they get two days rest, and then they go to Vancouver, uh, for Friday. On Friday, the 28th, uh, Vancouver has blown multi-goal leads, I believe, in, like, every one of their games. (laughs) It's been something ridiculous. Uh, so maybe we'll get a win there. And then Seattle, the very next day, Saturday at 9 p.m. These are all late daily games, but holy cow, that is, you're spending a week away from Pittsburgh, uh, and then you come back on Sunday, get a couple days rest for before Boston at home with, for the first game in November, but let's just talk about those at, at October slate, man. Holy cow, what a rough way to end October. Um, as a Pens fan, I, all I want is give me three wins. I'll take three wins here. Hell, I'll take two wins, um, honestly, because, you know, Columbus could give us a, give us a tough time. Uh, Edmonton and Calgary, those are losable, especially in their stadiums, and especially back-to-back, we are going to be deflated for the... We're already going to be deflated for the Edmonton game. Calgary, and we stand no fucking chance. Uh, and then you get a rest, travel over to Vancouver. That's going to be... I they, Vancouver scores goals. You know, scoring's been up. Uh, so, I don't know, that might be tough. And then Seattle, while they're not great, uh, anytime you're playing the second team of a doubleheader, they've got a chance against you. So, I don't know. This road trip to end October is a little bit scary. It's a little bit scary. I, I, as a pessimistic, you know, blowing leads whenever we have them, Penguins fan, I'm going to say, give me two wins. I'll take two. Won't put us in a great spot in the Metro but whatever, I I don't care. I'll take two wins, and we'll just move on with our life. Um, but that being said, let's take a look at the Metro Division really quick as a last thing before I send you guys out of here. 
All right, so for the Metro Division, uh, obviously lots of different teams have played a different amount of games, um, but the Pittsburgh Penguins have played four games, and they sit at the top of the Metro uh, with seven points. The Rangers have also played four games. They are in the same points, or they've played five games, sorry. Uh, they are three, one, and one, and they also have seven points. Philadelphia and Carolina are sitting at three and one. Uh, Carolina just lost to Edmonton yesterday. It was their first loss. And Philadelphia also lost to, or not yesterday, on Wednesday. And Philadelphia also lost on Wednesday to Florida. Uh, the Islanders are 2-2. Two and two, The Devils are 2-2. Two and two, And then uh, the Capitals and the Blue Jackets are 2-3. and three. So, start the year. Penguins are atop the Metro. And they, they haven't even played as many games as the Rangers. Lots of people are picking uh, the Rangers and, and the Hurricanes to be 1-2 in the Metro. I completely agree with with that. That's a that's a perfectly fine statement. Um, I think I think I if I were I think if I were to choose my metro standings, I would choose Rangers at one, Penguins at two, Hurricanes at three. Uh, maybe that's a little bit of like I, I don't know. I don't know what bias I could attempt to inflict upon myself for that. Um, but I would I would do it that way, um, and then at four I'm not sure it could be any one of those other teams. Um, certainly not the Flyers. I know the Flyers started three and zero. If they get the fourth seed, I'll eat a hat. All right, Steve Dangle said it on his podcast. I'll eat a hat. I'm gonna eat a fucking hat if the Philadelphia Flyers. I'll wear. Okay, here's better. Here's a better one. I'll I'll wear a Flyers jersey, or uh, a Flyers something. A Flyers anything. If they get fourth. If they make if they get fourth, are you kidding me? They're not getting fourth. No, no fucking way. Tortorella's a great coach. If he takes them to fourth, I will. I'll wear. I'll do it. I'll wear a Flyers jersey. If they in in a playoff game, I'll wear it and I'll cheer for him. Even that, I won't cheer for him. That is bullshit. Um, but a great start to the season for the Flyers, and you know what? They could they could keep it up. They could keep it up. Um, but that is gonna do it, you guys, for today's episode of the C String Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. A little bit messy today, um, but these Pittsburgh Penguins episodes will be a little bit more structured in the future. Um, just wanted to get this first one out there. It's kind of a feeler, um, but again, hope you guys enjoyed. That is the Penguins' first start, and I'll probably come back to you after that stretch of October games um, and come back to you late in October, probably Halloween time, with the next recap uh, for the for the Penguins. So I hope you guys enjoyed, and let's go Pens! <laughs>